Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Southern California Live with Wendell. That would be me, Johnny Wendell, the only Wendell of note in the room. Actually, I'm the only Wendell period in the room as we speak. Find this. Yes. Now everything is working. I'm alive. Um, Johnny Venom's going to join us in a moment to talk about developments in Los Angeles. But I wanted to tell you guys, first off, that I'm uh, exceptionally happy to be here today uh, as I had what was apparently a near-death experience this week, uh, bought on mostly by my own stupidity. And hopefully it will be the last one for a while, and uh, I will talk about that in the next hour. The bottom of the next hour will explain, because you... uh, you you get hospitalized for dangerous stuff. You have lots and lots of epiphanies. Luckily, I didn't have that much time to have those epiphanies. I was discharged quickly, which was a blessing. Anyway, let's get down to uh, the real nitty-gritty, as it were, with our friend from Chicago, Illinois, Mr. Johnny Venom. He's an economist. Mr. Wendell, it is Johnny Angel, and I'm glad to hear that you're doing much better. I I, I I am, you know, it's how much better, I don't know. You know, it's one of those things where I still have it. And, uh, you know, it's it's trouble. But on the other hand, I got what everybody else gets that has this, which is they give you the appropriate medication, generally in large doses, sometimes intravenously, sometimes intramuscularly, they send you home in a couple of days because there's really nothing they can do other than put you on meds and hope that they work, which, by the way, they tend to work about 100% of the time. But how quickly is, is a different issue. So, Right. Sir. Right. Well, I, again, you know, I'm glad they caught it, whatever it was, early in time. Uh, it would have been earlier if I hadn't been so stubborn, but yes. Oh, well, listen, nobody's perfect. Uh, I know we're near perfect, especially on this one. Oh, so, now, you're, you're the machine. I'm not the machine. About? I <laughs> my God, you're in better shape than half the people my age group and younger. Uh yeah, up until a week ago or so, yes. Oh man, I'm telling you, I, I think you would, you you would be a formidable force even on the ring. Um, not right now. Anyway. Yeah, I don't know where we're going with this, but okay. Yeah. Well, no, we're not right now. Let's suffice to say, right. I'm not getting in the ring with anybody in in this condition. So. So Sir. what shall we talk about, my good man? How right, uh, let's let's what? talk about one of our favorite subjects, which is. The the housing crisis in right. Southern California, which shows no sign of abating whatsoever, sir. And no. so, so much so that the city of Long Beach has come up with uh, a novel solution 
Okay. This is uh, this will crack you up. Okay. Assuming you have you have or have not seen this. I, 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 is this about the granny? The granny flats. The granny. Yes. Yeah. Um, Bill 1069, an assembly bill 2299 signed by the Moonbeam last year. Long Beach's ordinance governing granny flats or access, accessory dwelling units. A granny flat is is a, a funny name for a back house or a guest house or a bungalow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. It lifted the obstacles to building them. Uh, however, AB 2299 defined accessory dwelling units and set blanket standards for maximum size setbacks and parking. What they what they want to do essentially is encourage Johnny. They want to encourage as many homeowners as possible to put up ancillary buildings in their backyards. You know that were prohibited by zoning laws earlier. Right. Okay. So that's what we're seeing here. Uh, I know that in our neck of the woods, in in Los Angeles County, you know, or we're in Central Los Angeles, it's dicey. In order, if you want to build a, a, a bungalow or a granny house or a, a second garage or a second unit, you have to jump through hoops. But I, I guess, imagine so. But they are trying very much to encourage homeowners in Long Beach to do this. And one of the reasons is, John, and this is absolutely fascinating, is that what you and I have been talking about for ages, the idea that we have got to become a much more vertical city. You know, mm-hmm. They don't mm-hmm. like that in Long Beach. They want to remain very much a suburban-looking, right, urban environment. Right. Yeah. You know, they they want it to be 1955 all over again. In Long Beach, with this loosening restrictions on granny flats, it's sort of a compromise. It's like saying you can build units in in your backyard that we had had fought for many many years. Only, um, you know. They can only – we are not going to let you put up a seven-story condo back there, you know. Uh, you know, again, this is a band-aid to a snake fight. Okay. You know, like we've talked about in the past, you can have these granny flats, which, by the way, here in, in Chicago have traditionally been basement apartment units. Right. Because, you know, back in the day, you'd have Eastern Europeans living in a city, and grandma would live – in the basement. Okay. Uh, I don't know how that is in California, but yeah, I'm just curious if they have that there as well. But either way, the fact is what you have here is a supply issue once again. And eventually the big thing that's going to have to happen here is you're going to have to centralize your real estate, your uh, development, I should say, right. what's acceptable. Because, again, Long Beach in the long term – if right. You make it very expensive to live there via rent, via buying a home. In the long run, those homeowners who are in those units now who are not renting and die off, right? You're going to face a potential flood of real estate that could cause the prices to drop significantly. I mean, think about this for one moment here. Sure, go ahead. And this is in Southern California, basically anywhere in California. Most of the people who own the homes have lived there for about five years or more. I, I, say, let me retract it. It's probably about 40%. Right. All right, because okay. the rest of it's transitory. Right. People stay there for less than four years, and they move on to someplace else. Sure. But you still have, from what I've looked into, about 40% now. A lot of these folks who've been there 
10 years or 15 years or longer, that's about, I would say, 15 to 21% of the entire population for Southern California. Okay. Or, okay. Now, think about this. A lot of these folks are now past retirement age. Right. Okay. I don't know exactly what ratio is. I wish I did the homework on that part. It's all right. And what's going to happen is if they don't pass on that real estate to their kids, yeah. you're going to see a slew of probate. Right hearings taking over properties and that's going to be they're going to have to unload the property quickly because they don't want to hold on to it right and, and so, i understand when and when we talk about unload property quickly don't want to hold on to it what we are saying in effect is the supply of housing is going to become a glut and the demand is going to drop well it, it could very well meet the demand the problem is this yeah is the the probate court is not going to want to sell it at whatever top of the market because they know nobody could afford that to begin with. Right. So they're going to artificially drop the price. But you have a lot of people in California who have refinanced their home. We're now seeing a rise in that again. Sure. You've seen people who have taken credit lines, whatever it is. Right. Right. Or they just purchased a home in the past, say, five, ten years or even the past six months at these peak prices. I get it. I put peak in quotation marks. Okay. 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 What happens then when you start to see this torrent of new property start coming online? If, right? if, but, but here's the thing. If, if you're looking at a situation where home prices are so outrageously high anyway, mm-hmm. even what appears to be a bump or a glut isn't going to drop the price of homes that much because there is... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So much demand or backlog of demand to live in Southern California. That hasn't changed. I think what what you're talking about, in order for this to be consummated or in order for this to be real or in order for this to happen, you would have to see this accompanied by... I, I I wouldn't want to say like a bubble deflating, but something along the lines of an economic downturn where people simply didn't have the cash or the access to credit in order to buy these newly freed up properties. But let's let's get back to the, the idea of the granny house. The granny stuff. house. Okay. okay. Here's a couple of questions I have with this, if sure. you don't mind me asking. Yeah, go ahead. Number one. Will the property – most of these are going to be basically rental units or basically people who own the main house and they have this back house. It would have to be rental units because what would happen is you'd have to sell half your property to somebody. Yeah. So it's a rental thing. So will this require them to get their own, say, fire insurance, renter's insurance? I mean, is that basically the basic rental laws apply to this? No. I mean, you don't have to get – rental insurance is not compulsory. And I and I don't know what the laws in the city of Long Beach are different than they are in Los Angeles, but the issue is, I think, <coughs> excuse me, the issue here, I think, is this is I, I believe that this is a phenomenal idea for a bunch of reasons. One, yeah. if you have somebody who is approaching retirement age and thinking of selling, on the other hand, they are able to purchase 
or I mean, excuse me, they're able to construct a unit in the back that pays itself off in seven or eight years, say, and then pays your mortgage. You're you're golden with that. Plus, it allows people to stay in Long Beach. You know, one of the one of the huge problems that we have in in L.A. County and, you know, Long Beach is in L.A. County, but all over the general area is we have tremendous resistance to verticality. Okay, that's that's Mm -hmm. which you and I are well aware of. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve story condominiums in their neighborhood. And we'll talk about that in the next segment. Um, It's a it's a very peculiar variation on not in my backyard. People want to be able to look out their door and see the mountains, you know, or they want something resembling a panorama, even if they're in the basin and they're not in the hills. And that has become a tremendous bone of contention, John. Can you I hear something that just popped into my mind? Go ahead. This probably opens a door for those companies that make those tiny homes. Oh, yeah, the tiny homes on wheels, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, well, not even just on wheels. You can, you know, like just plop them there. I'm just wondering, you know, maybe a lot of people who don't have that additional little back house, right. they're going to call up these companies, hey, build two of them. I can fit two of them in my backyard. Yeah, Stop. you know, I mean, what would they need? Would they need like a cement pad or, or they would need plumbing? Right. You know, sure. You know, then you, it's, you're spared the aggravation and the grief of having to construct something, sure. You know, but I'm just curious at what point, though, somebody's going to do this and then somebody's going to say, you know what? I don't like to look at that in my backyard. It's you know something. It is the bane of urban existence. You know because the counter argument is it's my property. I can do what I want. I can have these new tenants if I like. Johnny, can you hang on through Absolutely, the break, please? Sir. Okay, it's seven eighteen. It's the Patriot. Johnny Wendell. Stay tuned. California live with Wendell. That's me and uh, my good friend Johnny Venom joining us, sir. Oh, I'm here, sir. Oh, I'm yeah, here. Very good. We have been talking about housing situations in Los Angeles and the problems that face us. Oh my goodness! L.A. Times reports: When it comes to L.A. development projects, no one seems to care what the neighbors think. You've seen this, right? Oh yeah. No. Oh. So the city of Los Angeles, according to the piece, is setting its sight on increased density to accommodate our growing population. And in South, uh, I, I suppose, uh, not South Central, but South, on the way into South Los Angeles, at the block where Gateway, Pico, and Exposition converge, that's in, in West L.A., actually, um, there is a proposed five-story apartment building, and a lot of the homeowners are worried that the low-slung neighborhood will be lost in its shadow, and they're really upset the city has given the developer at no cost 
an alley that divides the land into two separate parcels. If the alley were kept intact, the project would be doomed or scaled back. So the city went the extra mile for the developer, much to the chagrin of uh, the property owners in the area. Here's the thing, Johnny, as, as you and I have, have been talking about, it is true that that part of West Los Angeles is small, single-floor homes for the most part. You know, they're... Uh, you know, they're bungalow-like in their own way in that right. neighborhood, a lot of them. And also, that's a that's a uh, mixed-use neighborhood, Pico and Exposition. There are studios out there and stuff. The question is this. At what point do Angelinos have to accept we need to start building up skyward? We're going to have to accept it. Um, the, it is the only way to keep prices reasonable in Los Angeles. I think if you're a renter, you've already accepted it. Okay, but the thing is, is that you have to. The renter isn't the issue here. the 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 issue is the homeowner. You know what I'm saying? It's like when do you think homeowners will or will say to developers, you know what? Uh, In the neighborhood, yes, it would be kind of a weird anomaly to have a 10 story or 12 story building with lots of units in it. But on the other hand. We are in a city with 60,000 people living on the streets. We are one economic downturn away from a quarter of a million people living on the streets. We have to do something. You know, just praying it away is not going to work, sir. You know, I, I'm wondering. Yeah. Given that the, you had issues for infrastructure, for example, like water. Mm-hmm. I remember you sent me something about that. With They're talking about raising fees and whatnot. Oh, yeah. That's where, where absolutely coming. Where this is an opening here. When you can structure it where if you band together as a multifamily unit, if you agree to it, your fees would be lower. Right. Like like a bulk buying Sure. Process. No, but if you like be, like if you had a cooperative going. Like right, if you like would, if you built high high rise co ops as opposed right. to condos. Yeah. It, but it would not be applicable if you if say in the neighbor who has his own house and everybody else in the neighborhood got together. That wouldn't be applicable, but it would be only applicable to people in a multi unit structure. Right. And then you start doing this with electricity and all the utilities across the board. Right. And and then of course if you want property taxes. Right. Whatever, you know, where you start skewing it in a way where it favors you selling your land and agreeing to get into one of these type of developments. Right. In, in other words, I have a one-story home of a certain number of square feet. I sell it to the developer on the provision that I get a, a free unit in a six- or seven-story building. We, we see a lot of, of older people who downsize out of their homes. They say, well, mm-hmm. you know, I'll sell my house and I'll buy a condo. Can you imagine if you sold your house and you didn't, you didn't go to a condo, you went into an apartment building in the same location? You wouldn't, you wouldn't have to leave your family. You wouldn't have to leave your neighbors and friends. You wouldn't have to leave. I mean, well, I think no, that's a phenomenal idea. Yeah. Because they'd have to demolish Well, they'd have to build a place, sure. (laughs) But I I agree with you that if, you know, trading, you would would give the developer your land for, I don't want to say free, but in exchange for a unit. Sure. You know, why would, no, you wouldn't give it to them for free. But on the other hand, you could, and you could make this kind of a deal. You want to build a 12-story condominium on my property. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Say, or a 12-story, whatever. I want a two-bedroom, two-bath unit in there, and I want... Three percent of the gross, and then you can yeah, have. Well, yeah, the land. I mean that's yeah. interesting. They would become the original property owners. Yeah, become shareholders in this job. That's even a better idea, actually, because that would make it like a joint venture. There you go, Johnny. Stay tuned. Southern California Live with Wendell, seven thirty. Stay tuned. California Life with Wendell at 7.36. Size isn't everything, but it could be important. Um, (laughs) uh, Mr. Venom, you are a very, very lucky man because you are not here. We thought because you were going to say I'm 4 foot 11. No, I don't. What what does one have to do with the other? I thought you were continuing with the size. No, 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 no. I'm just not going. No, I'm not going to go into the whole size mishigas. Suffice to say, size isn't everything. Other other than that, sir, we have a heat wave happening. Okay. We had record temperatures yesterday. You know, it's cooled down a little. And <laughs> we broke a 131-year-old record of 95 degrees set back in 1886 with 1980 with 98 degrees. It was sweltering. I have to tell you something. Um, I missed a lot of this heat wave, this tropical heat wave, because I was in hospital. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, people were dropping like flies. <laughs> uh, it, it was, excuse yeah. me, brutal all over the Southland. You know, it was nasty. Do they, do they have like cooling places like they do here? When it's because here we get the humidity, and you can go to we have like like these stations like in Chicago, like a mist where there's misters and stuff like that. No, well, no, well, well, yeah, that too, but more like it's air conditioning. You can sit down and get a free bottle of water or whatever. Oh, okay. Do you have anything like that there for, like, say, seniors? These are mainly in areas where there's many seniors. No, we don't have that. (laughs) Uh, Mostly because uh, one of the great differences between Chicago and Los Angeles (coughs) is that people in Chicago actually walk places. In Los Angeles, that doesn't happen, you see. But, yeah, we're having a massive heat wave, and and I I had to run this by you. All right. Somebody was talking today. I was watching uh, Summer League basketball on ESPN. And the subject of uh, your beloved shooting guard, Jimmy Butler, getting traded to Minnesota came up. And, uh, you know, Butler is going to be a great addition for them. Minnesota is going to be a very good team, you know. Mm. But the subject of Minnesota winters 
came up and that with wind chill in Minnesota in January, it gets to 60 to 70 below. And it's so bad that, as you probably know, being a Midwesterner, Mr. Venom, the city of Minneapolis has created an entire underground network of pathways so people yes. never have to go outdoors. You're aware of this. Oh, yes, yes. Okay. Now, I have a question for you on the issue of, of heat waves in Southern California and what we are hearing about 30 or 40 years from now with entire nations in the Middle East being too hot to inhabit. Do you think that what we may see in Iran and on the Saudi Peninsula and in parts of Northern Africa where entire nations go Minnesota, that they they go underground? I Well, you don't have to go underground to replicate that. Right. You know, if you don't have the infrastructure or the ability to do, I mean, maybe the Iranians do. Right. Maybe the Saudis do. I, I mean, I don't know, because everything is built, not to sound racist or stereotypical, but it is true. That a lot of their infrastructure is built on sand. Right. And they have to shove off with massive construction projects, especially in the Saudi Peninsula. I had a friend of mine who was an engineer. Right. And they did build one of these underground things for a shopping mall, which you're talking about, that connected from hotels. Right. To a shopping mall. In fact, this was not in Saudi, this was in Dubai. Right. And. He says they, it's, it works. The problem everybody has is what happens when you lose the power? Ooh. Because if you're in a hot place, because they tend to use concrete. Didn't, and we, Miguel, we had a major power outage in San, San Fernando Valley yesterday, yesterday for this very reason, right? Yeah. How, how, well, many, homes, a, how many homes lost power, Miguel? Uh, well, I think it said over 14,000 people were affected. I mean, like that. Johnny, this is, this is the, the valley. Okay, it's right. up over 100 degrees. Thing. Yeah. Here's the thing. If you don't have proper air circulation, right. the very concrete that helps you cool right. will immediately turn it into a brick oven. It's an oven, yeah. Okay. Okay. And they found this out, and, it, and so they had to quickly work on this. But again, even with the airflow, so really what when, they went to, when you went to Saudi Arabia, like in Riyadh, they decided, they learned from this. Yeah. And they said, we're just going to build slightly above ground. We're going to make everything into a tunnel. Right. Above ground. So not everywhere, but these are certain parts. Right. And so I can see this for, say, California. I can see this for places, you know, where you're going to probably need such an infrastructure on there. You know, there's going to come a day when buildings are going to be connected with above ground tunnels. Right. You know, there's going to be a general accepted platform, you could say. Not just on the first floor, right. but maybe like a third floor. I don't know. I mean, you can go much higher given the earthquakes. Right. But they are experimenting with that in the Middle East, particularly, like I said, in Saudi Arabia. And, and in Dubai. See, yeah. Dubai, but you, you see this also in Seoul, South Korea. Oh. Because they, they get a huge amount of humidity. Right. You know. Okay, so, so this broaches an interesting question, though. Let's say that you are a developer in Southern California and you are interested in a building a project uh, east of Redlands where the desert begins. I mean, the desert begins about 25 miles from there, like Palm Springs and Indio and the high desert as well. <clears throat> Would it make sense at this point to say we are going to build into the earth? Because it is inherently naturally cooler to do so. 
Are we going to become, bear with me on this one, Johnny, in Southern California and in, in the Saudi Peninsula, a race of moles? No. 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 I, I would say for California specifically, Yeah. I don't, it's going to depend on the geoseismic activity. Right. Because if you build that, you don't want it collapsing in on you. Right. Okay, so that's, that's one thing. Okay. The other thing is you, you already have this. You already have this, and you can connect more buildings and what have you. They're called shopping malls. Yes. <laughs> okay? And you can – I mean, I don't mean the outdoor kind. Right. I mean the, the indoor kind. You know, you take a failing shopping mall, one of these which, which, yeah, which is to say almost all of them at this point. Okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. Right. And you start – you branch out from there. Okay. Because the, the, I'm pretty sure the property owner there is desperate. Sure. And he's willing to go for anything you want. And that's going to attract businesses in that main part of that mall. I mean, but you're going to be replacing the shops with connections to homes. Right. You know, imagine where the Sears or the or, or whatever major department store is, is replaced with a multi-story residential place. Right. Which okay. which may end up saving these businesses. I got one of my oldest friends in the world got bought out of his job and he was he's worked in retail 40 years at this point. I mean, he was working at, when he was uh, 16, 17. He went to work in retail, and, and then they bought him out of his last job. And he told me, he said, the brick-and-mortar concept is hurting so badly right now because of the Internet. The question is, can it be revived with the idea of absolute mixed use? In other words, why not turn these these dying malls, these gallerias, into massive developments? Only yeah, exactly. leave the storefronts on the first floor. You already have built into these things so-called town squares. Right. You don't need automobiles. Right. You can walk okay. everywhere. And I'm not saying, I mean, in some cases you could probably turn many of these shops that were there into homes. Right. What I would do is consolidate those spaces where... You take two of these small ones or three, right. and you make it so that's where another building goes. Sure. And another one next to that. Right. You know? And, 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 and also, it's, it's also these buildings are not like the properties we were discussing in Long Beach with granny homes. Theoretically, you could turn a shopping mall into a 25-story apartment building. You know, it could be done, and it would save the property's value, and it wouldn't be a ghost town. You know what I'm no. saying? The food court literally could become a food court again if it's been dead. Right. You could you could you could designate a section of the mall to be commercial again if sure. you wanted to. Yeah. But I mean you could have schools in there. Sure. You could have a medical facility cuz you know in a lot of these malls doctors move in. I mean yeah. right there I sure. mean government could move in in these places. Again, you would already have the network and you could make like a web where these branch out into you know, I could for say, for example, you're driving across the highway. Right. You see a massive, like, arc right. connecting one former dead mall, our residential arcology, sure. to another one. Okay. Can we, can we pivot to a new part of this topic? It was reported recently that there are solar farms out in Mojave. You know, in between, as anybody who lives in L.A. and skis mm -hmm. knows, there is a gigantic solar farm. In between Los Angeles and Mammoth Mountain, 
Miguel, you've seen it, right? You've gone past that 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 farm, right? Yeah, it looks like an alien. Yeah, it does. Alien it, place. It, <laughs> yeah, it does. It's like Area Fifty One on on meth. You know, it's really sick. Johnny, that is generating so much excess power that we are paying the state of Arizona to take our power off our hands. Did you know Wait, this? You're paying Arizona to take. Yeah, the yeah. Power? Um, we can't. We can't store it, and it has to go somewhere. So we're we're paying them. You. I know that, but that's but the you know they have us by the I'd say short and curlies, but that doesn't really apply to solar power. I would, I would have that deal looked at. That's not right. Well, it it is true. Okay, and 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 we are also seeing now in Europe and in other parts of the world, especially in Germany, where renewables are getting up into the forty, fifty, sixty percent range in certain parts of Germany. I am wondering if you have this kind of development we talked about, especially on days like yesterday and today and Friday, I guess, where you put you put up a 25 story building and it's in it's all of the roofs are covered in solar panels and they're self-contained units power wise. This would be an unbelievable boon. You can actually make the glass. Yeah. The collector. I mean, that's the latest thing. It's like a, not a gel, it's like a really thin wafer-like, you could apply, you'd never notice it. Right. Your, your, all your windows in your apartment building would be sending everything to a central place for with a battery. Okay. Now, I'll tell you another thing, too. I did sure. not know this. Right. I learned this from, uh, you know, Weather Channel. Mm. When you have hot weather, yeah. you know, the water gets a little bit more restless, more wild. Right. And so you got a whole ocean right there. That's right. And you, can you got tidal in. power. Yeah, that's exactly what I but, was getting. But at. but what you were talking about, and also this news of solar paneling paint, where literally the paint on your walls can become a solar panel. That's we're at an an amazing place right now because we can't mess around anymore. You know, the planet is is heating up. And we, as as much as people would, would or try to deny it, especially those that are being paid by the petroleum extraction business, <coughs> even they know this is true. You know, they're you aware know, there's, of it. There's a, there's a reason why Exxon was in favor of the carbon tax. That's correct. Because they see the future. They know the future is coming. That You know, why uh, Saudi Arabia is going to be 100% solar power within the next eight or nine years. You know, they they look at it like this. We have to pay to import natural gas into Saudi Arabia to power stuff. Why would we? The sun is out every day. The average temperature is 92 going up to 120. Why not? You know, I, I think we have we have structural problems in America politically. But when you have Southern California hit by triple digit weather in July, because our hot season is later. July is not our hot season here. People start to think maybe there really is something to this because this is unnatural and unseasonable, and then the mind starts to turn. John, can you hang on through the break, please? Absolutely. Very good. Southern California Live with Wendell. It is 7.50. Stay tuned. In the U.S. of A, The Patriot, AM 11.50. Hands on the way to the bar. 
Southern California Live with Wendell at 7.56 with Johnny Venom as well. John, we have just destroyed the clock here. This is like a two-minute segment. You and I have, when we conquered. You, you and I have no discipline. This is terrible. Also, it should be pointed out that one of our favorite sports in the abbreviated last segment we will not be able to enjoy as Miguel is not in the room. So, well, you know. Well, I did ask him. Yes. And he said he didn't have any. Very good. So he is he is gradually beating back his horrible Domino's addiction. You know what was really funny is like uh, the first thing when I was told the other day by uh, my physician that, you know, you have to lose weight. And I, I'm not I'm not obese or grotesquely fat. I mean, you know, I'm proportionate. The thing is, is that I'm bloated right now from issues that we will go into at the bottom of the next hour. And the first thing he said is, you must stop eating pizza. It's like, that's what he zoomed in on, pizza, this pizza obsession. And I wanted to go, listen, you know, why don't we kill two birds with one stone? Let me get Miguel on the phone here, you know. Although... uh, And I I had pizza today. Oh, but but it was the real thing, right? Well, we made it. Oh, oh, that's even better. Yeah. yeah. Um, we won't give your address to Miguel otherwise. He'll be on his way over. You know, and actually, that's not true because he admitted last week under duress that his love of dominoes begins and ends with convenience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, you know, we're fairly horrified by this. <laughs> Johnny, let's let's wrap this thing up. We got a minute and change left. We've been talking about rents. We've been talking about. Uh, little homes, granny houses, underground homes, turning malls into living spaces. Why yeah. is it that, <coughs> excuse me very much, sir, why is it that we have these ideas and proposals that don't seem particularly crazy, yet nobody seems to be willing to act on them? You know, well, if you hit it, on it, there's resistance. Not that this NIMBY stuff, right. and of course it costs money, and yeah. you know, politicians or public officials don't want to really do their job out of fear of losing it. I mean, I had an interesting discussion with my youngest brother the other day. He called me while I was in hospital, and he, you know, he voted for Trump, and I asked him why, and he said that the government in Washington is so unresponsive to Americans that he had to he had to make a statement. He said, I didn't want things to go on the way they were going. We have to make a statement of some kind. Okay, uh-huh. and I understood and I said yes. You know, I, I I get that and I understand it. The thing is Hello, it is Ryan and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually a lot. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's one person, and it's one person who has difficulty with the system. So I don't know how much change can be accomplished. Johnny, we'll talk to you next week, eh? All right. Why are you dressed entirely in white from head to toe? No, that's not true. I have on cream dockers. They're oh, not white. Oh, stop that. They're shoes. Okay, okay. Cream. This- no, cream dockers pants. They're cream. It's not white. They look white to me. Oh, they're, they're oh, beige. Okay, so all right, all right, beige pants, white shirt. Mm-hmm. 
I have never seen you in this ensemble before. Are you trying out for a gig as a waiter? As no, 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 no. I wear white shirts all the time. It just so happens I wore them with cream pants tonight. Cream and white. Okay. It, the it's summer. Okay, so the fact that it is extraordinarily hot has yeah. made a difference. Oh, absolutely. Here. I see. Mo, um, you had your door open while you were doing your first hour, and uh, the topic was an incendiary one. Would you like to continue talking about this? Well, I, I don't know if it was incendiary. Um, oh, but it was. It was not palatable who those who think that the president can do no wrong. Well, yeah. Okay. That's true. But I was just basically telling the truth in the sense that if you, like the president has said, believe that Russians did meddle in our election, and he said it with respect to President Obama allegedly not doing anything in response. Right. If you believe him and yeah. take him at his word, then it doesn't make any sense then that he would then, the President Trump, would turn around and want to work in tandem with Russia regarding cybersecurity. Also, it wouldn't make sense if you said, we know that it's true and Obama did nothing about it, and then a few days ago at the G20 say, well, we'll never know the truth. Right. Uh, okay. <laughs> you can't have it both ways. No, you can't. Um, there was an article that surfaced in the New York Times uh, about uh, Mr. Trump's son. It has been revealed that he was fishing for information via about Hillary Clinton's presidential campaign from a Kremlin-attached lawyer. Did you talk about this story? We addressed it in, in the sense of the totality of the picture. Okay. And after a while, you can't dismiss, dismiss everything out of hand. Right. It's not like you can say the meeting didn't happen. The meeting did happen. Yes, there are records of it. Yeah. So you have to start wondering, well, why would you be meeting with this lawyer unless it was for that express intent of gaining, let's say, opposition research. Yes, uh, although Trump Jr. says that the point of the meeting was to discuss refugees. Of course it was. Okay, that's, that's what he says. So the you read the story, I read Absolutely. the story. Absolutely. This is remarkable in that we are hearing and seeing more details on this type of line of reasoning. And I don't know as this is coming from Robert Mueller. I, I think that this is just people doing, you know, shoe leather work. Oh, I don't think so either. I think Robert Mueller wants to protect the integrity of his investigation. Right. And not tip off his hand as far as where he's going. Right. I did you ever think in all of the years that you followed politics and all of the years that I did that we would ever see something like this? No. 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 Not what we're seeing, not the brazen nature in which it's being done, not my word, the impunity right. in which is done. Um, not only is this president and administration so bold to do what they're doing, right. they're thumbing their nose, in my opinion, at the American people and the American intelligence agencies. They're saying, yeah, we did it. What are you going to do about it? You can't do anything about it. Yeah, they can. <laughs> yeah, they can. But the thing is, is, what what I mean by you can't do anything about it is I there is no impetus in the Congress to do anything about this and me. We, however, what is true is that there has been a sea change of opinion on the issue of repealing Obamacare. 
I don't know if it's a sea change. I think it's a come to Jesus meeting, as they say, where they realize what we have as a bill is not going to get through. No, it's not. Right. So maybe they need to change course and they've been going lately with, all right, why don't we just try to repeal as opposed to repeal and replace? Yeah, but you can't do that. That's against the law. Okay. Which was my next point. <laughs> yeah. No, it's illegal to do that. It has to, by the nature of the law, it has to have something in its place. We are now seeing stuff like John McCain came out and he said, this bill stands no chance of passing. Uh, Shelley Moore Capito, who is a the junior senator from West Virginia, said, and she's a Republican, she said, if I have to be the one dissenting vote that kills this thing, it's me. Uh, was it uh, Bill Cassidy, the senator from yes. Louisiana, yes. who was like, forget it. You have to be kidding. Jerry Moran, mm-hmm. a very conservative Republican from Kansas, who said, my constituents, there isn't a single thing they like about this bill. Nothing. Mitch, I can't do this. Do you understand if we go full steam ahead with this, we're ramming right into the iceberg. This is Titanic times 20. The sad part is they had seven years to prepare something. They did, and they did nothing. Because I don't believe that they were expecting to win or ready to govern. Right. I, I, so what happens now? Okay, as I, as I told you uh, before you went on today, uh, my youngest brother voted for Donald Trump. And I asked him the other day how he feels about it now. And he said, well, this health care thing is the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. This is a terrible idea in every way, shape, and form. This is a sop and a giveaway to wealthy donors. He said, I do not understand why these politicians pay no attention to what people in America think, you know? Oh, I think they do pay attention, but they make promises that they have no intentions of keeping. There was no way that they were going to be able to offer a better alternative to Obamacare. Why? Because Obamacare was based on the Republican plan. Right. It was based on Romney care. Right. In Massachusetts. Yeah. Okay. So we know this. And we also know what Bernie Sanders in Kentucky today saying, look, they're the alternative to all of this, really, is to just say Medicare for everybody. Cradle, yeah. cradle yeah. to the grave. Okay. Likelihood of Republicans embracing Medicare for all. Slim and none. Okay. Because they're still concerned about being reelected. Right. And the American public, I don't believe, has come to grips with the reality of we're going to get to single payer eventually. Yes. We're going to. Yeah. Now, we can say that we're against it or it's, it's socialism. We're, we're not for that. They can say that until the cows come home, but eventually we're going to get there because that's the only answer. Right. I mean, you know, I can't even begin to imagine what this week's three-day hospital stay would have cost without health insurance. Oh, I can imagine. It, it was probably six figures. Yeah, cl- well, I'm not quite that much. Did you have blood drawn? Yeah. Uh, Tawala, tell him about how much blood blood work costs oh, yeah. by itself. Just blood work. Oh, yeah, yeah, just blood work alone. Yeah. You're looking at at least, at least five to 6000 per vial. Like, per like, vial, like, and they like, probably did six like, or seven. Th- this is, oh, they this did is, a this ton. Is what they they emptied me out. <laughs> before they send you the, hey, we've reduced it, and then this is your cost? Yeah. Oh, I used to look at those. Oh, it's yeah. scary how much blood draws cost. Oh, no, I, I saw how much the birth of my children cost before insurance covered it. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, you look at this and you say, guys, why would you create a situation? I would say this to every Republican friend and politician. 
why would you make things go in the direction nobody wants? Everybody wants this to be cheaper and more efficient. Ah, uh, I, I got the answer for you. It was never about that because they ran on repeal and replace. They just thought that they would that the American public or at least their constituents would jump at the idea of it was not name Obamacare and therefore it would be better without knowing the realities of the health care system. Okay, but now we are seeing in, in every town, and what Paul Ryan says, I'm not doing any town meetings anymore. Well, I can't remember what his excuse was, but we know what it is. He does not want to be on television having to run for re-election next year against a surprisingly formidable opponent in his district with 4,000 Wisconsinites in Janesville, Wisconsin, throwing eggs at him. Yeah. You know, he's, it's like this is bad optics. I'll, I, you know, he's worried as is. I, you know, I, I, I don't understand why they are so keen to Walla to steer this train off, off a cliff. In the Senate, as it, you, before you got here, Mo and I were talking about this. In the Senate, you now have seven or eight, maybe ten Republican senators, most mm-hmm. of which are conservatives, were like, you got to be kidding if you think I'm signing on to this thing. Yeah. No way. Of course. Yeah. Because they were promised a bill of goods. Right. They said, we are going to repeal and replace this. That's only so many words to them. Because when they say things like, we're getting rid of all Medi-Cal, Cade, Care. Right. right. And you have some four billion Americans just like, <laughs> well, out it's like at that point they're like, did you guys think about this? We don't need it. Let the sick die. No, let, no, let the sick that, let the sick die. That, that's what that's what, essentially what's going to have to happen. Yeah, um, I I think about <clears throat> like we talked about this last week. Congressmen in Eastern Kentucky say it's overwhelmingly conservative and Republican. These are guys who never have to worry about running for reelection. They get beat next year if mm-hmm. this happens. They get beat. 80% of their constituents turn on them. You know, because everybody in those hollers, everybody in Ashland, everybody in, in eastern Kentucky, they know somebody, if not themselves, that gets Medicaid. They can't live with oh, that. Of course they do. Especially okay. in those places where there is no employment. Right. There are no jobs providing health care. When you look at some 43 Sears locations have closed right. across the country. Some of these small towns yeah. where now their insurance through Sears is gone. That's correct. And they have to go to Medicare. That's right. not going to be there for them. Which is not going to exist. No. Yeah. Mm-mm. No. No. Mo, why are they doing this? Oh, they have no options. They've left themselves no options. You've run on repeal and replace. So all they can do is promise that they're going to repeal and replace it. Eventually, the constituents realize neither is going to happen. And neither is what we want. We don't want any of this. We want better, not worse. But they've worse. been told again and again and again and again that Obamacare is the devil. Right. And now they're starting to figure out very slowly, one it, by one. It's not the devil. It's not. You know, it's not perfect. But what they want to replace it with is an abomination. I, I mean, I, I, you know, I'll say this right here and I'll say this right now. 818 on this radio station, Los Angeles, California. If you ended up somehow with Medicaid disappearing, okay, and how many millions of people now have no coverage at all, I'll say it and I'll stand by it. You will have a, re- a revolution in America and a bloody one at that. 
You look at me, you're kind of smiling in a way like that's hyperbole. It's, you know? No, it's not hyperbole. And it's sad that people don't see the forest for the trees. It's coming, though. They were that angry when they voted in the general election. Right. They're even more angry now. Yes, like my brother is, for example. Gentlemen, do you want to hang out through the book? Oh, sure. Definitely. I've oh. got more to say about this. I know you do. I mean, you and I had a lengthy conversation about this earlier today. A little tone, please, sir. Southern California Live with Wendell, 819. Ah, yeah. Southern California Live with Wendell at 825. Patriot Mo Kelly, Tuala Sharp, join us for our five-minute segment here because we went crazy in the last one. Uh, Mo, you opened your show with a uh, exegesis on the LeVar and Lonzo show. Great word. Uh, yeah, and I wanted to make the connection historically mm-hmm. with the importance of a player to a franchise and also contemporary the franchise to a municipality. That's right. Many times as the team goes, the city does go. Sure. When when the Pittsburgh Steelers do well, the city of Pittsburgh does better. Yes, it does. And which is the same for the Lakers and and how the city of Los Angeles for all sorts of reasons, not just those who work for the team or the area around the forum, but the city itself does better. We feel better about ourselves and it impacts everything. The draft pick of Le- of Alonzo uh, Ball could have untold consequences for the Laker franchise, given how much they've given up to make sure they could secure this number two pick. Right. They don't have many assets to give away. No, so they don't. To make a long story short, if this guy is a bust, and there's a possibility that he is, yes, that is going to set back this franchise another five to ten years easily. Yes, and also. What's good for the Los Angeles Lakers, and I'm not a Lakers fan, but this is true, is good for the National Basketball I made that point. Yeah. So the idea that this player is the new face of the franchise and is going to carry them forward, I watched both. We've got one of the preseason, excuse me, summer league games on now, and the one before. He played, they played the Clippers and the Celtics. He's played two games. And he did play considerably better in his second game than the first. In the first, he looked completely lost. He was he did not belong out there. Let me you back know? up. I remember when I watched Magic Johnson versus Larry Bird in the championship, NC2A championship game. Right, in college. In college. Mm-hmm. There was no question about whether Magic Johnson was ready to step on an NBA court and compete at the highest level. Right. I, I don't see that as of yet with Lonzo Ball. I don't either. I saw, you know, naturally, being a Celtics fan, I watched the Celtics and Lakers game. And it is remarkable that the Celtics draft pick, who was taken one place after Lonzo, was so much more polished and ready to go. You know, just has he has much more game, he is much more refined, and yet you don't see people in Boston like putting gigantic posters of Jason Tatum up everywhere. Hey, don't forget, and also Boston traded down they to the third They traded down pick. to get it, yeah. yeah. So I let's get on to the critical issue here, though. Do you believe that the ridiculousness of Lonzo Ball's father, LeVar, is going to be a gigantic hangover draped over this season? 
I don't know if it's going to be a hangover, but I think that the LeVar ball exerted undue influence in terms of the Lakers wanting to draft Lonzo ball. I understand he's from Chino Hills. Right. He played at UCLA, he did. but the spectacle around him was purely the fabrication of LeVar ball. Right. And so it got to be a point where I understood where magic said, I can't not draft him right. because of everything which preceded it, but it's more a creation of LeVar. Right. This, this is the move that I've decided that I must make, but the father is going to have to step back into the shadows somewhat. I, mean, I don't think the, he will, though. I, I don't think he's going to. And to me, it's it's the hype that his father is putting on Lonzo is kind of like the hype that they put on Ronda Rousey. Right. And, and then she got and, whooped. And, she, and when she got whooped, it's like the entire franchise took a hit. Right. They okay. are still trying to come back today. Right. From that loss, because at that point, people were like, so this sport isn't all that like your greatest fire, uh, your fighter greatest fighter, got the savior the of round. UFC. Yeah. Knocked out. Yeah. In the to second the point round. where she cannot come back and fight. No, again, she's beat. If, yeah. if 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 Lonzo does not come through for every game for 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 as as, as poorly as I feel he performed in game one and really wasn't impressed in, in game two, he's going to catch all that hell. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us. Southern California Live with Wendell. We'll be back. When I was young, I wanted to be safe, cracker. Work, yes, it work for me. A lot of- you can dye your hip pink. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It skulls on your toe. Or through the brass ring. Through the side of your nose. I don't care. Maybe I don't care. Southern California Live with Wendell. At 8.36 p.m. on the Patriot. K-E-I-B. A.M. 11.15. Thanks to Mo, thanks to Tawala, thanks to Johnny Venom, thanks to Miguel and Phil for being such a fine staff. Uh, I became a middle-aged man this week. I have dodged health bullets my entire life. I've had some issues, but nothing particularly serious. This week, I went from being the cocky, arrogant, nothing-will-ever-knock-me-down ox to a much more frail, mortal human being. What happened was, is about four or five weeks ago, I had extreme pain in my right leg, and I didn't know where it had come from. And I researched it, and it appeared to be a blown cyst in my right knee. But it wasn't. 
it was uh, deep vein thrombosis. In other words, I have a blood clot in my leg. And it had to get absolutely unbearable before I sought real treatment for it. My doctor didn't, you know, he was kind of going along with what I was saying. But Thursday morning at 11 a.m., my wife and I went into the doctor's office. And he looked at the leg, and he was nodding and, you know, whatever. And he wrote as an instruction, must get ultrasound stat immediately. And uh, the ultrasound place in his building wouldn't take us, so we had to go to the hospital next door. And I went in, and uh, the girl that was doing the procedure started running the wand up and down my leg. And I said to her, what is it telling you? And she said, uh, oh, uh, the doctor will read this, and he'll know. But I knew what what she was seeing, because I could tell by the look on her face, like, this is not good. And I said to her, I have a blood clot in my leg, don't I? And she said, yes, you do. And it's absolutely the worst thing you can imagine. You know, it's just, it's just absolutely terrifying. And I was admitted to the hospital immediately. This is serious, you know. And put in my room. And I believe that by... Four in the afternoon, I had my first treatment for it. Um, I had there were there are two courses of medical care for this. It's either they lay in an IV and they put in heparin, I believe is the name of the drug, and the other is uh, intramuscular shots of a drug called Luvox. And my doctor suggested the intramuscular injection. Like a shot right in the belly, you know. And uh, so I was admitted, and I was there. And they gave me a second shot. Essentially, there, they see what's going on. What the Luvox does is a blood thinner, and it completely inhibits the growth. The clot stops growing. And, and what happens is that it, it the your body starts to break it down. They can't remove a blood clot. You know, they can't bust it. It's, that's just, it, it's a myth, you know. And so the next morning, I woke up. I woke up on uh, Friday morning, leg about 85% better. The color was good, swelling down everywhere. We were pretty happy. Only we found out that uh, not only do I or did I have DVT, but my blood pressure was astronomically high, like close to Strokeville, which is a very bad combination. So they put me on diuretics and they put me on blood pressure meds and some of the readings were unbelievably high and I thought this could be it, you know. I'm 61 years old. I'm not a kid. Uh, I've been incredibly lucky. But this could be the end. I mean, I can't seem to get... You know when you're at the doctor's office, you do breathing exercises and stuff to keep your BP down because your blood pressure goes up in the doctor's office, you know. But mine skyrocketed, and I have no history of hypertension at all. And eventually, uh, I, I turned in some, the readings got better, and I was sent home Saturday afternoon. I could have kissed the ground in front of my apartment building. Um but I got the lecture of a lifetime from the doctor, you will 
lose weight. You will watch your hypertension. You will do what you're told. I got the sense that while certainly thrombosis is very serious, that my clot was probably not immediately threatening. Judging by the course of treatment that I had, I wasn't hooked up to an IV. I wasn't hooked up to a heart monitor, none of that stuff. In fact, I was just told to sit tight and wait to get shot in the belly, which uh, it's it doesn't it sounds worse than it is. Although one of the shots, the nurse was off just a little bit, and I have this gigantic bruise, like I got kicked by a bull in my side. But you know, when you're all alone in hospital, and hospitals are terrifying places because people, their inhibitions are gone and they start screaming and yelling at each other at night. Some of them are in excruciating agony. Some of them know that this is the end of the road for them, that they're not leaving. And that's a horrible, horrible thing. I knew I'd be out of there eventually. And I I lay in my bed and I was trying to get back to sleep at about four in the morning because I'd gotten up in a cold sweat, not from the meds and not from the illness, just from fear, from anxiety. And I realized as I was lying in my bed that the only thing that really matters, and, and we're, on, we're, on, we're on talk radio and we like to stir controversy, you know, or supposedly that's the the gist of talk radio is that we like to stir the pot, you know. But I'm lying there at four in the morning. My wife's not there. My children aren't there. I appear to have dodged a bullet, but I don't know. And I realized that the only thing that really makes any difference at all in life is love. There is nothing else. I know that it was a you know, a catchy song for the Beatles 50 years ago, All You Need Is Love. And it is true that love doesn't pay your grocery bill, or for that matter, your hospital bill. But I realized that's it. That's why we live. That's why we're alive, to love and to be loved. We don't have any other real purpose. When you think about it, all of the time and the energy that we spend, that we waste, chasing ephemera, getting angry at each other over trivia. It, it pales when you're looking at what could be the end of your existence and you realize the only thing that matters is that I love my children and my family and they love me. And I love my friends and they love me. And you're on the, this precipice where you realize that everything else is stripped away all the BS, all the roadblocks, all the subterfuge, all the distractions that we put in our lives. And I'm guilty of it, too. You know, I, I mean, I got time to fill on a radio show. It's my job. I need to make you smile. I need to enlighten you. But as I sat there by myself, all alone, and I'm, you know, I couldn't sleep, I was having nightmares about my son's sick turtle. It's true. That's what woke me up. In fact, like I think at 3.30 in the morning, because I, I can walk, you know, I walked out to the nurse's station. There's the lovely uh, nurse from Jamaica. I sat with her and I said, Alva, 
I'm so afraid. I'm terrified. I should be with my son. I shouldn't be here. I, I don't know why I did this to myself. The moment my leg started hurting four or five weeks ago, I should have been here. I don't know why I was tempting fate, why I didn't want to bother, you know? And, you, you know, she's trying to be as sympathetic as she possibly can be. You know, I'm a stranger, you know, and she leaves at 7.30 in the morning, you know, we're ships that pass in the night, and she just said, you'll leave, and your son knows. He knows, and you know too, and whatever happens, whatever happens, it was, it was the love that prevailed. That's what counts. That's what matters. And it's a drag that you have to be in a near-death experience where, where you feel like you're in one to realize all I have is the affection that I can give out to others and that some, it doesn't have to, but that it redounds to me. That's my purpose. My purpose at 61 years old and looking back over my life was not to have been a rock and roll star or a best-selling author, or a star on the radio, or a star actor, all the things that I do. It was to be someone who loves, because it's more important that you love others than that they love you. That's a bonus, because it gives your life value, and it gives your life meaning. And when you're all alone in a pitch-black room, and the best you can do is look out over Los Angeles and see all the people going about their business, even at 3, 4 in the morning. They're free, and you're not. You realize the only thing that matters is if I brought more light into the world, that I brought more happiness and joy, that I made people happier. It doesn't matter if they made me happier. What counts is, did I make the world a better place, even in a tiny, tiny, minuscule, insignificant way, by existing? Because I know that if I did, or if I do, then now that I'm a middle-aged man, for real, you know, and I don't know when I'm going to go back to my insane exercise routine or any of that stuff, I mean, I may never. You know, I may never be physically capable of it again. And that I have to accept that things have changed. It doesn't matter. Because I realized, and there was so much outpouring of affection for me from my friends on the internet, you know, and my family via text. And not my, you know, my uh, my birth family. It's like, wow, I'm not a bad guy. <laughs> I'm not a villain, you know. Um, I made a difference, you know. It not I didn't make a difference like uh, a nuclear physicist makes a difference or someone who finds a cure for cancer makes a difference. I'm not capable of that kind of thing. I didn't make a difference like uh, uh, Iggy Pop makes a difference, you know. But in my way... And on my level, I brought something. There was a, a, a void. It may not have been big, but 
I filled it with some people. And for that, I'm eternally grateful because I backed into it. It wasn't something I planned. And if this is, you know, the beginning of the end of my existence, and I'm not trying to be morose here or dramatic or any, I'm not trying to be a diva here, a death diva. You know, if, if this is it, I was all right. And that's the best feeling that you can have. We'll be back. This is The Patriot, Southern California Live with Wendell. Well, do I ever cross your mind? Do I, do I, do I? Up in her room. Up in her room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Southern California Live with Wendell at 856. Up in our room here at KEIB AM 1150. Dang, I uh, almost didn't come in tonight. You know, I thought about it. I, you know, I'm beat, I'm tired. You know, the spending three days in hospital and two nights, you don't get a lot of sleep, and there's a ton of anxiety. And one thing I wanted to talk about, though, with a few minutes left, is the whole warehousing of patients in in America. You would think that the the way people are hospitalized and treated in hospitals is the most humane or efficient way to deal with people. I get the sense that it just isn't. You know, we have decent health care in America. We have a terrible payment system for it. Our medical insurance is, is a catastrophe. But medic, uh, medical care itself in America is pretty good. The level of training is high. The amount of concern and care is is excellent and i was floored by how great the nurses were at uh, good samaritan hospital where i went um they were they understood how i felt and uh i think that they i think that they understood that even though i wasn't going to be there very long that I was frightened, that I'm not a, you know, a lifer. You know, people who have poor health their whole lives and they go in and out of hospitals all the time, that I was somebody, like I was having, having my virginity taken away from me, bad hospital-wise. I even I realized that the last time I spent an overnight in a hospital facility before Thursday night was in 1980. <laughs> I mean, I went, you know, about 37 years. I thought it was 36, and then I checked my records. It was 37 years without any of this stuff interfering with my existence. I've been so lucky. I've been blessed with the greatest health. I mean, it's been crap the last few months, but I, I just, it's, it's, it was wonderful, you know, because I, I don't want to be intertwined with the medical establishment. I don't like it. I, I, feel like my control over my life disappears. But I figure there's got to be a more kinder, organic, gentler way for people who especially have long-term ailments to be warehoused, you know, because some of these people just are they're so sad. You know, the alleged high point of theirs when their family comes to see them, but, you know, you can hear them in the halls and you can hear them you know, coming through their doors 
is just so awful. And I think of my poor father-in-law who died of cancer, who that's where he spent the end of his life in this kind of situation. It's just not, you know, I confess, I'm an atheist, and I almost said it's not how God planned it. But maybe the the expression isn't, it's not how God planned it so much as it's not us maximizing our kindness to each other. That sounds better to me. We'll see you next week, I hope. Southern California Live with Wendell. It's 9. Take it easy. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.